Welcome back and thanks for listening. So this episode is a pretty long one, so I just wanted to give you a heads up on what we talked about in order. We first talked about what uh, we've been playing, so uh, you're gonna hear lots about Devil May Cry, probably something for Manager, and then we talked about uh, what Game Pass is like on console compared to PC. Then we had the recent State of Play by PlayStation, which showed a lot of Ratchet and Clank rift apart so we talked about that as well and we also talked about the game pass store upgrades that are gonna be happening soon that were announced recently we talked about the days gone debacle and sony being risk averse or the claim that sony are risk averse and what that means we got to talk about games preservation and sony backtracking on its um storefront for the ps3 PS Vita and PSP Store. Uh, we also got to talk about E3 and the fact that it came back and what that means for the industry. We got to talk about the critical reception to Japanese games in the 2010s or in the PS3 era and uh, what that meant for games then and for games now and what has changed. We talked about Chinese video games and the reception that they might have in the future and now as well. We also got to talk about Square Enix because Robin is a Square Enix fanboy. And finally, we close it off by talking about the possible NetherRealm Marvel fighting game rumors that are swirling around. So once again, thanks for listening. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Nerdtaku Gaming Podcast. We are back just the same way that the ESA announced that E3 is back. And with me here is the one and only Robin. Robin, how have you been? So, so. Doing okay. Doing all right. I'm okay. So what have you been up to since the last time we spoke, good sir? Uh, the usual. The usual. Playing games, you know, 2021 has been dry as expected. There hasn't really been much, you know. I, I like to play new releases, but only if it's like guaranteed that I'm going to like it. And if I, and if there's no new releases that interest me, then I'm just going to replay old stuff. So I've spent a good chunk of early 2021 just playing old stuff. I played a while back, you know. Not many new things which are really interesting, which sucks. But which, what, hopefully, you know, things are starting to get better. What old stuff have you been playing? Like, what's what's something that you're like, man? This is this is my comfort game. Yeah. I've been playing Devil May Cry, Kingdom Hearts, the usual stuff, which I, which, which I like. I noticed you, but you platinum Kingdom Hearts DLC. What, what like? <laughs> I, you know, I, I played Kingdom Hearts 2 on PS3, so now I was like, hey, let me just buy the PS4 version since it's on sale. Okay, and you platinumed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez. It's like, ah, now, now, now I no longer need to pull out the PS3 if I want to play Kingdom Hearts 2. I can just play it on the PS, you know, on the PS5, but yeah. So I've been doing that, and I was playing, you know, Devil May Cry 3, 4, and 5, just, you know, replaying all those. Did you say comfort? Okay, okay. That's, that sounds fun. There's been some... I've noticed like a bunch of VTubers have been playing DMC5. I, I think it's because like they need... Um, 
permission from the companies so like the permission i think kind of rolls out at the same time for all of them so they just there's this whole like all of them are just playing the same one game uh yeah more like you know like they i think what they negotiate with the game companies yeah because they don't want to get taken down and and all that stuff weird it happened once with one big youtuber where she played a game and then the company was like why is this happening i think actually it was pakora pakora was going through metal gear and she went through all of them like in order one two three four so on like her final stream for mgs4 konami were like what's going on and just scrapped all her videos from her channel <laughs> ah, <Konami. laughs> and i think after that is when they started getting permission for all the games because they didn't want something like that to happen again yeah but yeah i have noticed you know seeing a lot of youtubers playing dmt if i it's like okay that's cool that's cool hopefully to convince dennis to give dmt a try I have played Devil May Cry, the proper Devil May Cry. I played Devil May Cry. No, 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 no. Uh, one. I played. I played one. I played a bit of four. I try. I think three is one should be go. Wow, this is way too difficult for me. I can't even. Look, three, <laughs> three, three is hard. Three, three is unreasonably hard. Everyone knows that. The checkpoints are not generous at all <laughs> look three is legendary for being harder than it's supposed to be four and five are much 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 more complicated it's just you know three, three has a reputation I'll, I'll see what is is did five like finish the saga or is it like going to continue you know there's always room to continue but it was in some ways a conclusion to some story arcs in okay. character arcs if you can say that okay I mean, people like yeah, Five but, a lot, so uh, I actually might try that. I think that's on Game Pass. I might be wrong. I'm not sure. I don't think it is. It's on Game Pass for console. For console, okay. See, now Phil needs to sort that stuff out because Game Pass for console is really, like, it's... I'd, if I was going to give ratings, I'd give it 9.5 out of 10. Like, that's how it's extremely good. Game Pass for PC, which is what I have is good but when you look at the good thing is that it doesn't show you what's on xbox so when i'm like talking to kevin or something and he's like oh play this on game pass i'm like oh it's i don't have it, it doesn't show up I'm like oh of course it's not on pc yet some of that stuff eventually does come along but it not being on pc man that sucks the ea games which were added at least have made the the selection a bit better like i i skipped dragon age 2 and i saw a bunch of people getting like you know the whole revisionist history dragon age 2 was good actually i'm like you know okay sure i'll try it out so <laughs> i'm i'm starting my dragon age 2 run now i love origins i actually really liked inquisition um it was my yeah. game of the year the game it, the year it came out but that was a really bad year that was I the know. shadow of Mordor year that was a really bad year yeah. my god and that was the destiny shadow year i think yeah, so that, is, people... that was the 2021 of last year. Yes, that year was quite dull. <laughs> However, this year won't be dull because we've got Kenna coming out, we've got Ratchet and Clank. We saw, in my opinion, way too much in that state of play. But 
it's fine. There's some people who yeah, never cool. played Ratchet and Clank. Some people have no idea what it is. Some people probably think it's a mid-tier game when it's, in my opinion, has always been a top-tier AAA game. So I'm glad Sony are pushing it as like their big marquee game, which they sh- which it should be. I hope it sells well. It's one but, of you the- know I, I, from what from what I've been hearing, you know, like interest, you know. You're able to gauge interest from like uh, YouTube views and all that stuff. Mm. Interest for Rift Apart has been really high. It must be because so, it, it it looks <laughs> it looks really good, as in like visually. Looks fantastic. Like yeah. yeah, like visually, it looks. It, it you're like okay, but next you year. Know, you know, in Insomniac, and there's a lot to say about it. The 2016 Ratchet and Clank was their previous best-selling game, and it only sold maybe a million copies, right? What really? You mean the PS2 Russian and Clanks? Yeah. Then they released never Spider-Man. sold so much. No, no, no. They never sold so much. That's that's weird to me. Maybe I was in such a bubble of like Russian and Clank fans. <laughs> yeah. So like you know, million copies. Then they released Spider-Man, which sold 20 million copies. Oof. And then Miles Morales, which is like over five million at this point. So. From the looks of things, it's like as a studio, everyone kind of recognizes them now. Mm. Their, their name, yeah. So that is like that's really boosting uh, awareness for Rift Apart. They're like, hey, this is from the guys who made Spider-Man. This is from Insomniac Games. I know those guys. I trust those guys. So, you know, Insomniac's come up in the past gen is really, really going to help uh, Ratchet and Clank in terms of sales. You know, it's deserved. They're a really great studio. I'm, I'm happy for them. I am also very happy for them. I mean, I mean, I was teasing that they showed too much because I, I don't like being shown a lot for a game that I'm, I want to play. But I, I guess it was really good to see Rivet, the female. Yeah. Was it Lombax? What is that animal? Lombax. Yeah, the Lombax. Female Lombax. Yeah. All the time, every time, like I was watching, I'm like, I know this voice, I know this voice, and I kept on like going to these obscure voice actors. Like, it was Jennifer Hill the entire time. Of course, it is. She sounds great as usual. Like, come so, on, Jennifer Hill, you can recognize her from a mile away. That's the thing is that I didn't. Yeah. It, she's the obvious answer, right? I'm like, I recognize this voice, but who is it? And and my mind just refused to admit that it was Jennifer Hill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you know, yeah, Rift Apart looks good. I, I I liked what I saw. You know, Ratchet and Clank game. Weirdly enough, like a trailer is not going to like sell me on a Ratchet and Clank game. It's more like I already know what I want here, so you know, I, I know this will be good. I can trust in terms of like gameplay. I can trust Insomnia. That I kind of see. Here's the thing about of... Ratchet and Clank has always. It's one of those game feel games i don't think you can express game feel by watching a video in a trailer exactly yeah. you can't you can't express how good ratchet and clank feels in a in a trailer it's very difficult yeah so and and that's that's to me that's always been its best attribute like just gameplay like for people who are like oh like video games for for gameplay like this is the most gameplay ass game <laughs> so like if that's what you like try out honestly any Ratchet and Clank try this one because yeah. the, the PS4 generation. one is, was free in April so like you know 
Yeah, it was. Yeah. And that was actually a good one. It was like a soft reboot, kind of, sort of. Yeah. It was basically like, oh, it's an adaptation of the movie. And the movie was an adaptation of the first game. Yeah. Now, looking forward to that. I hope that sells well. I hope that that... Uh, it, it, I hope it explodes the anthropomorphic or I guess kids keep isn't exactly what I'm going for like let's just not have a bunch of like gruff 50 60 year old man AAA game you know like I, I, I'd, I'd like to have different aesthetics for AAA games and I hope Ratchet and Clank uh, um, helps that you know, I feel like we've got more than enough variety. Like, like more than ever in the industry, we have variety. I don't feel like that's a big problem. I mean, for like but... the marquee tentpole. Oh, oh, yeah. The thing is, apart from Nintendo, most of them aren't pushing them as marquee. That's I, I can I can definitely see what you mean by that. Yeah. They, they push them as okay. No, this is like one of our smaller titles while you wait for the big guns. Yeah. Speaking of big guns, Microsoft came out the other day talking about what they're adding to... This is very much a me anecdote. What they're adding to uh, Halo Infinite with uh, cross-play on all systems. That's Xbox One, Xbox One X, uh, Xbox Series X, and PC. So that's crossplay for co-op and multiplayer, which I think is fantastic. And also it's gonna have expanded PC features. So white screen, dual screen, you know, your ray tracings and 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 all of that stuff, which I think is very, very cool. Yeah, Microsoft has been, you know. The whole thing was part of a bigger statement to say we're dedicated to PC. Yeah. Which is like, it's true. Microsoft, in terms of their efforts for PC, they're really, really taking root. Game Pass for PC is dirt cheap with lots of quality. Mm-hmm. It's giving more people easier access to legal games instead of, you know, just saying pirate. I know, you know, Game Pass for PC is controversial because of the whole, oh, where did my hard drive space go? You know stuff like that but uh, yeah i think generally it's been a net positive <laughs> so you've reminded me here's the one thing that i'm gonna say uh is not very good about game pass or whatever like xbox game pass pc whatever they're calling it they need to give it a name so <sighs> this is kind of what makes steam and steam bots as they are called <laughs> like the way they love steam so much so um when you download a game from game pass right and you put it on your drive drive c uh-huh. you cannot move that game to another drive on your pc because like that's nonsense that's crazy. that's not like, how pc that's not that's the opposite of what pcs are about dude even consoles can do that you know like you can move your game from the hard drive to an external drive <laughs> you know what i mean like you can do that yeah, I, I know exactly you can't do that on game pass and then also if you um it's like, like if i like let's say if i come to your place right and i download the game 
on my external and then I bring it to the PC here, it won't play because it only recognizes the PC on which it was downloaded. So if I take my external back to your place and log on to my, my Windows account, it will play on your PC. But when I bring it to my PC here at home, it won't play. Which is like, that. that that's not good. That is really not good at all. <laughs> so it's little funky stuff like that that they need to work out. Yeah. So yeah. I guess everyone yeah. starts from somewhere. Yeah. Uh, stayed here yesterday, the other day was uh, telling us how they've added the search bar I to there. <laughs> So it's baby steps. Funny. Baby steps for everyone. Baby steps. Baby. The funniest tweet I saw was like, you know that Google is literally the search bar company. Like that's what you guys are known for. <laughs> how is this a thing that you're adding now? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, wow, how did you ship without the search bar when you had the search bar guy? <laughs> Man. But yeah, so hopefully they, they fix that stuff. Like, um, with the EA Play stuff, it, it forces you to download, uh, they changed the name from Origin. I think they're calling it the EA Launcher. So it forces uh-huh. you to download its new, the new Origin Launcher basically, to play the uh-huh. Game Pass games on the EA Game Pass games. So, I, I mean, but it still works, I guess. So, hey, another launcher for my, for my, uh, <laughs> for my PC. I haven't opened, origin in i kid you not like three years or something so there we go congratulations i I don't know why you guys are always so averse to opening launchers but anyway uh (laughs) back to what i was saying microsoft i like what they're doing with uh, pc gaming it's really cool they've it's it's taken time you know a lot of people are apprehensive because of how bad windows 2 was but like at this point, I think everyone is generally happy because you know, Game Pass for PC so good in terms of like the cost. It's uh, bringing game, gaming to more people. They've got xCloud working properly now. Well, I don't know about properly because you know, I live in the global south. Yeah. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> you know, uh, I've, I've heard decent things about uh, how xCloud works. You know, nice to see that the Microsoft's dedication to PC. It also brings an interesting thing. Sony, we know they're going to be bringing more stuff to PC. We know Days Gone is coming to PC in uh, May. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I hear their PC games did well. I think Death Stranding, they released numbers, which I can't remember what number it was, but they did quite well. Uh, I know PC. Death Stranding has got a fantastic port. I yes. know that for sure. Yes. Horizon Zero Dawn's port was substandard, but uh, which is but shocking I think the to me. Were okay. That's shocking and to me, man. Oh, there's external an external. Oh, okay, okay. See, because I remember, I think I was talking to, I think Chileka or something about, it. like, how can the studio that made the engine have a worse port than the guys who borrowed the engine? Like, <laughs> I was baffled by that. But that um, makes sense now, yeah. They got an external studio, but then patching, they, they the patches they did in-house, but the initial release was not done by Guerrilla Games. But yeah, that's uh, Stranding, fantastic port, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, substandard port. We'll see how Days Gone is. Uh, Sony have cited that they, like, uh, they accept that the cost of making games is going up. And 
the best way to alleviate that cost is simply put just uh, release on more platforms basically they're saying that hey the money we are getting from console is good but we want all the money you, you know how you know how that works <laughs> not like, just about having some of the money it's about having all of the money the graph so continuously go up the graph has to go up so you know they're expanding into pc days gone in may we'll see if it's a decent quarter and if it's wow it's may really yeah may is it on steam i have not seen any ads for it what yeah it's going to be on steam crazy okay i might actually play that game now <laughs> that's a weird thing to say there's, but there's, some, there's some interesting talk about days gone uh, you know uh, Jason Schreier article saying you know there was a lot of stuff in that article but I think the more interesting bits were that oh, uh, days you know Sony's redi- uh, they, they basically said no uh, they told them to not make a second days gone game at this point we know they're working on something else but that's something else development only started uh, i think two months ago so like in between now and days gone they've kind of didn't do much or, or whatever they did was cracked if i can say that i mean i mean isn't that kind of powerful that it was for most studios i, I think like concept conceptualizing games is very very difficult so i think i, I guess i understand the, I, i guess the conceptualizing stuff so maybe they had something they prototyped it it didn't work out and that kind of makes sense because there's going to come out about last year it was came last out year, in 2019 19 wow damn 2019 damn <laughs> okay that is a long time <laughs> so like the whole of 2020 they supposedly weren't doing much apart from helping naughty dog with a project and that was like the worrying part of that article in that it's like oh uh, sony are doing everything possible to help them already established studios instead of their smaller ones so it's like you know, there's a lot of worry about that yeah but but Which i mean like, I, I, i guess let's talk let's talk about that I, i mean i don't think that's necessarily true if you look at what like the game that just came out eternal which is these guys first big triple a game and it's it's a it's a small studio so the idea that sony is just looking out for the big games i don't think is true i don't think that's true at all yeah japan studio is that happened is uh is it's gone <laughs> <laughs> if you say that it will happen is in dissolution for now well, then... but <laughs> I, i i there's a I mean Sony have always had those mid-tierish kind of games. Somehow I can even say they've kind of been carried by the mid-tierish games sort of sort of you know they they, they are kind of niche make a cult following and then they have a big explosion and then now that small game is a big game. I, I don't think they can afford to even like stop making big game uh these smallish kind of games. I think they can really. Like you know, that, that article that article puts it puts me in a weird space because like I understand like Japan studio I understand basically scuffling. I get that. But you think of uh Ben studio like there's gone I know you know if there's people like you who uh, 
who are adamant that games like Days Gone should exist. I understand. <laughs> you think it's mediocre. But, uh, you know, I, I don't like Days Gone either. I, I tried it. I couldn't really get into it. I tried it even on PS5 because it's like, oh, okay, let's try it at its best. And I couldn't get into it. It wasn't for me. Uh, critical reception was not the best. It was, uh, I think, was uh, it well 70 received? rated. Really? I thought it was pretty well received. 70 rated. Was it not critics. one of those? Was it not a Tsushima? It wasn't? Yeah, this is what I'm saying. It sold well. And uh, fans liked it. You know, it, it had a fan following. But wow, it is 70. Like, wow. Okay. Uh, in my head, it's like an 85 or something. Okay. No, no, no. So like, but critics didn't like it. So this raises the question, are Sony basically just saying, no, we want our games, are they, is it a form of, oh, we want our games to stick to a certain brand, like, we want to have this thing, like, oh, our games are quality, like, we've known for a while that, okay, Sony games can't sell anywhere near as close to Nintendo games, but they are trying their best to differentiate their brand in such a way that You know how everyone used to say, oh, the Nintendo CEO of quality? Yeah. Sony basically want that. To say that, oh, when you buy our game, when our logo is there, uh, chances are you're getting something good. Which is which is basically how they marketed return. Yeah, like yeah. Basically yeah. Said, hey. They basically said this is like this is one of our big, you know, Sony game TMs. Which is okay. It's got our seal of approval. Yeah. So like But, they're going. So it's interesting because Days Gone, the article even says Days Gone was profitable. So it's like Days Gone was solely scuppered because of uh, critical reception, almost entirely because of critical reception. Which is like I don't think a publisher should act like that. I think that's very dangerous behavior especially for a studio like Bend. yeah that's very weird to me because like if you look at uh, a game like god of war ascension you could tell that it was more of the same fans of god of war were like yeah this is fine this is okay but then you knew you just knew that whatever they were going to make next was going to be very good i was not a fan of the god of war franchise i played them because they were decent games you know and i like yeah. the lore and stuff but i was you, you could i was not one of those people like i'm frothing at the mouth for the next god of war but after ascension i was like these guys whatever they make next first of all they're going to try and prove a point to themselves and they're going to try to prove a point to the industry as well so when god of war was shown at e3 and it was teased i was like You, you knew. I, I knew and everyone watching could see it's like okay this is these guys are testing themselves even if God of War 2020 was it 2016? yeah 2018 18 yeah even though God of War 2018 was probably going to be mediocre it was still going to have that feeling of these guys are trying this is the feeling that I have with Days Gone imagine Bend making Days Gone 2 it has the potential yeah. to be game of the generation because they're going to learn they've learned a bunch of stuff they are proving exactly. a point to themselves exactly. so like and 
because it's already gotten this much noise, people know what Days Gone. Now it's an IP people are aware of. So the fans of Days Gone are going to be like, oh my gosh, you know, they'll they'll drive the 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 noise, you know. So I think it's kind of dumb to to let go of something like that. It's similar to Uncharted. I played Uncharted one because you know that's my style of game. I liked it. There was no way I was gonna like force my Tomb Raider buddies to play it because they just looked at him like this is like a B-tier Tomb Raider. But when Uncharted 2 came out, there was no denying. Was like this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah, there was no denying the improvements that were made. So yeah, so that that's exactly what people are saying with Days Gone. Like, hey, Days Gone 2 could have been like Uncharted 2. So why so hasty to say, hey, you know what? Go do something else. Apparently, they had to fight. They had to fight tooth and nail to be taken off of being a Naughty Dog helper studio, uh, and you know, go to make their own IP. But it's like, wow, they're, they're starting from scratch again. Days Gone as a franchise is being is being scrapped. Sony sees, you know, even though it was a sales success, Sony sees no worth in it because it doesn't fit their prestige brand. It's not going to be a critically well received and i guess this this also goes into something of like uh the the big worry is that was in 2019 right mm-hmm. jim ryan and herman Hulse took over in 2019 returnal was approved in 2016 so it's like maybe stuff like returnal is not going to happen anymore under this new management which wow. is that Re- is returnal took that's that long my to make. concern yeah, uh, Housemark have been, you know, it, it, it's their first AAA game. I understand that. Yeah. But didn't so they release a game recently? Concern. When did they get that? When did we get that announcement where Housemark were like, oh, we stopped making arcade games? That was 2017. Really? That was, yeah, next month. I felt like that was last year. <laughs> nah, that was 2017. Time, man. What is time? <laughs> You've lost track of the concept of time. <laughs> so like I've said it's it's worrying how the new management is I think there's something to be concerned about that hey if what the new management is approving is is going for the big blockbusters to get that prestige uh, image and all that there's something to be concerned about Japan studio was on the way down understandable but Ben I feel like the treatment Ben has gotten is completely unfair and then you know there's also news that uh, that uh, Kojima pitched his next game to Sony and they refused it why so you know now <laughs> now, now he's gone to Microsoft I, I you know that sounds a lot like uh, like oh this, that's just industry gossip drama and everything but you know reliable people are saying that Kojima's next game is with Microsoft because Sony aren't weren't particularly happy with uh, Death Strand or not Sony but you know current Sony we're not particularly happy with Death Stranding and you know that's it, weird because I, I don't think Death Stranding was that expensive to make it, it had a pretty quick turnaround for it, yeah it had for a, a Kojima turnaround. game and it's so it a quick turnaround but I'm pretty sure the actors cost a lot okay yeah the actors yeah but it, it, it raises the question that, hey, this new management, 
maybe there is something to be concerned about. I I don't let executive talks get to me. Like I don't care. Phil Spencer is a businessman, so whatever you people say about Phil Spencer, I've never really cared. Same thing about Jim Ryan. I haven't really cared about what he does ever. I'm just cared about the product, and you know. A lot of what I'm seeing with Jim Ryan from respond from respectable journalists and stuff is like it's not encouraging. Hey man, he allowed yeah. us to use the PlayStation 3 store again. So... Yeah, yeah, that happened. But ignoring that, dude, here's a sad thing. Uh, I don't know if you know Food for Dogs. Have you heard of her? No. She's like yeah. a, an older lady who plays a bunch of JRPGs. A lot of PS. Oh, the one games. who plays Vita games. Yeah, yeah, yeah Vita know. games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when that announcement was made, like I follow her channel. When that announcement was made, she was like, "Oh, I've had this wish list, and now that this is going down, I just have to like, like I have to buy all these games, you know." So she sold some of her belongings, and, and I think she spent like six thousand dollars or something on all these games. And then they brought it back, and it was like, "What the hell, man?" <laughs> Imagine that! Imagine how many people did that. That's so messed up. I know. Oh. It's nice that they backtracked, but it's like it, it, it's really funny when you think about it like that, and it's kind of sad. It is kind of sad, but then also I guess it's also helped because, um, like I recall, like I told you that time, the last time when we met, when I was like, the, the when you go to the Paris, like it was just PSP and PS Vita games that people were just backing up just like in case this stuff is gone forever let's just have a, yeah. a, a library for it archive yeah which I hope isn't it possible for Sony or any company to make an archive of this stuff which maybe it's not even for sale just to like in case we ever I don't know would go under and you know we ever go the way of sega or something you can still access you know parappa the rapper or uncharted one no nope, you're going to have to rely on piracy you're going to have to rely on piracy. don't you think they it would be, it, as sony don't you think they would rather they have control control of it somehow maybe you're not even able to buy it. just say here's a directory on a shitty website just click on this thing and you can download it up instead of relying on piracy you know just to remove that aspect the thing is look that is going to cost server space so you know it's a cost cost is cost companies cut costs that's the way it goes yeah i guess so anyway something needs to be done the esa should probably step up and do something about that that's why you know game preservation is interesting there's lots of companies which are trying to do game preservation but they're mostly uh, fan-made initiatives and uh, uh, yeah, basically fan-made fan initiatives with not much funding. The thing is, game preservation, unless you make an active effort to make uh, old games part of your business like Microsoft, it, it's, it's, I, it's usually not worth the money to preserve old games and make them easily accessible. You're better off, you know, just pulling them out of the Disney vault, making yeah. a remaster every once in a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was watching an interview with um, one of the old guys from uh, Peter Molyneux's old company. I forget the name. He's had like three companies. Uh, Liongate. Lion, yes, yes. And uh, they they were saying like, it's a miracle what 
Xbox are doing because it's like I, I like the fact that I can play Fable One right now on like the newest console. He's like that's magic to me because if you had asked me to port that thing to like PC or whatever, it was a nightmare. But these guys are just like you can just wake up and just play that. That's very cool. So yeah. hopefully they do Minecraft continue doing that. Their, their efforts to backwards compatibility must be applauded. Nice to see. Yeah, it, but, it really yeah. is. I don't think it's worth it money-wise, but in terms of preservation, I think it's it's good. But it's yeah, also yeah. adding. Apparently, there are a few games which are like getting the boost. Titanfall. People are playing a lot of Titanfall One. <laughs> people are playing Titanfall One. People are apparently uh, apparently uh, people are playing a lot of Halo online. So like these older games, even online ones, like they're getting a second life, which is good. You know, I'm interested to see if Microsoft are going to keep up with that after the games come in. Everyone is the general consensus. We all agree is that look, they're doing this to buy time before the game start rolling in. And the studios start firing at full cylinder. So I wonder, you know, once the games start rolling in, does all of this stop? Mm, that'd be a shame. I hope not. I hope not. I hope not. I, 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 I really can't wait to see how Microsoft do things after the games come. Don't you think it'll be a while yet, though? Don't you think they got, the games are going to come like way at the tail end of the of the of the generation? It's what I'm, I'm guessing 2023. You know, we might get Starfield this year, for example. You think so? Yeah. But like, even apart from Starfield, I think like Starfield, the new Forza, and Halo this year, and then next year maybe Avowed or something, and then you, and then what? And then 2023. That's when they're firing at full cylinders, where they're basically just putting. A AAA game on Game Pass every four months or whatever. I mean, it's it's not that far off. I think by 2023, you need to have an Xbox or a PC, or you basically need to be subscribed to Game Pass by by the time 2023 box uh, comes through. Yeah, yeah. Now we'll see. I hope they continue with their back combat stuff because, I mean, at least for the sake of preservation. <laughs> yeah. At least for the sake of preservation. Is there any? I mean, I know you play a lot of other games. Have you noticed any like other people who like have tried other games, or because of back compatible remasters, try them and they're like, "Oh wow, I missed this." Um, Thing is, I I don't. There's there's not enough people in my in my space who are. Playing on Xbox, so. Oh no! I mean, even any other games. Even if they say they they emulated or something, have you noticed people going back to something and going, "Oh wow, I missed this. It's a good thing that I I had access to it or whatever." Like uh, basically, I'm asking, do you know anyone who's like, "Let me try out old games." Ah, uh, not. Oh, is there just no interest in old games? <laughs> is it just well, the, the people thing who played them? It's like, look, what does old mean? Apparently, the PS2 is a retro console now. PS2 level stuff. I don't think there's many people who I know who are playing PS2 stuff now. So, 
Yeah, like San Andreas. Or like, PS3 stuff. Most people are just playing PS. Most people who I know are basically just playing uh, PS4 stuff these days. Which was still a while yeah. ago, man. Still, PS4 was a long time ago now. It really was. <laughs> yeah, at this point, yes. But I, I think j- the, the point I'm trying to make is uh, in my space of people who I know, Uh, back combat hasn't really had that big of an effect. I don't know the real numbers. Most people assume that it's not really much because, well, you know, where it's a this is a consumer, a very consumer. What's this? Uh, you know, consume, consume, consume style industry. Mm-hmm. Everyone just says, okay, uh, we're going to we're going to play the next big AAA release. In one month, we've forgotten about it. On to the next one. That's that's the nature of this industry. So, you know, I, we should have everything. A, we should have a bigger conversation about that because I saw someone saying, "Is the way the media uh, um, talks about games harming games, as opposed to the way, say, the movie industry does, where?" you know like you could like we're very much like zeitgeist i know like right now with mcu and stuff everyone's like oh wonder vision and now this and now that but like with movies there's still this level of like you're gonna see like a big deep dive article like, well let's talk about citizen kane like after 70 years or let's talk about alien 1979 you know like do, do we we don't really have that appreciation or discussion in media for older games where we're like, okay, let's have a whole week where all these big outlets have decided to talk about Assassin's Creed 1, you know? Is, is that a problem? Uh, I think that's where the YouTube journalist space comes in. And what do you mean? You know, not journalist, the YouTube reviewer space. Those are uh, Oh, okay. <laughs> Lots of deep dives, retrospectives. We get a lot of that on YouTube on YouTube. video games. Yeah. And yeah. I, I I think that's where that type of uh, critique has gone. That type of analysis. That's where you'll find it. it we, we used to get that own. in in like gaming format and stuff like that but they have kind of stopped doing that which is a shame you know i liked daniel dwyer used to do that at game sports until he the left the thing is games journalism pays so bad that a lot of them are basically better off making that stuff on youtube yeah that's true the sad thing is these youtubers unless you have prior experience like i remember alana pierce was saying this is like she, she doesn't call herself a youtuber but she is a youtuber i guess like but then so Now she, she's a writer yeah she's a writer but like she has a youtube channel where she does youtuber type things so when she's trying to do let's say like a youtuber type video right she is unique in that she has access because she was an industry person so she can just straight up just like email someone who's in the industry and they're like oh i know her she's reputable and get like you know like information deep info that say one of my favorite youtubers who does retrospectives can't really get that much information because they don't have those kinds of connections so while i prefer yeah. the the normal youtubers content for that deep dive stuff 
they are usually working with conjectures and you know assumptions and yeah, other that's articles. Why I said a lot of a lot of them because of YouTube because uh, games journalism pays so bad. That's why a lot of them you know went to YouTube. Yeah. So a lot of them are former industry people. Yeah, yeah, that's very yeah, very true. It's a shame. Hopefully it changes, <laughs> but but then critique is interesting. It's interesting. It's always been it's always been a, a funny spot because of how gamers and I guess you you could you could say this about comic book uh, movie fans as well, DC and Marvel fans. Their reaction to reviews is very much the same as gamers' reactions to reviews, where reviews are not about critique but they're about you know uh, validation. Yeah, and, you know I'm guilty of that as well because of you. But yes, uh, <laughs> the, the 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 space for critique, you know, consumers of video games, most of them don't take critiques seriously. It's mostly just you know for like fanboy stuff or whatever. So you know, you you write for the audience. The audience that's what the audience wants. Unfortunately, yeah. when, I remember it is. I remember that uh, that uh, breakdown. I, I don't know if you're the one who shared it or something. Where it showed like what like the clicks or like what people are reading or and like Fortnite and like Fate Go and <laughs> and like PUBG yeah. and like. Uh, and GTA 5 like that's what people that's like what people want, want to read about so it's not always like but like you have to keep up with what the consumers want otherwise it's you're not going to make any money so you're not going to make any money exactly so it's a sad truth and it is what it is but yeah what can you do what can you do yeah i i also wanted to talk about my favorite gaming tradition coming back this year the ESA ah, announced yes. that E3 pro, proper E3 did whatever E3 is coming back this year um June 10 11 June 11 to 15 around that there. time around that time it's going to be online it's not going to be physical and a bunch of companies big companies are on board except the ones that you know are not on board like EA even though EA will have some sort of EA play thing around that time because you have Sony, to just slot yourself in. are not there so they are not there it would be dumb of them to not have a state of play around that time nothing stopping them i don't think there's any rules that are saying don't make your fake conference around this time you can totally do that but uh, just by being i like i've said this many times i like history because it's a condensed two three day thing where everyone's talking about games and it it's got that name of recognition because it sh- it you know here's here's something you should do you guys i know most of you don't like watching bbc or cnn the day after e3 watch CNN for an hour and tell me how many video game clips you see that always blows my mind seeing 5 10 minute segments of just game stuff on BBC or CNN i think that's very awesome i don't think there's any other gaming thing apart from like, i guess set launches that has that kind of mainstream coverage and i think that's why 
E3 is important. Exactly. Special so, in some ways. You know, I have kind of fallen out of love with E3. You know, I, I don't I, I I don't value it like most people do because I don't watch E3 with friends or anything like that. Oh man, you've, have, you, have you ever done that though? Yeah, I have. I have. But like, I don't do it often. Okay. Plus, you know, E3 is usually at ungodly hours. It really is. <laughs> so, you know, I, pre- I prefer things at sensible times. But, uh, you know, that aside, I, I, like the, I like the hype. I like the, uh, the culture around E3. It's always so like, man, there's just going to be games and discussion of games. Unfortunately, the, the fanboy and the business side always <laughs> find a way to root. To rear its head, it's like, oh, this company had, oh, rate this company's E3 compared to this other company. It's like, oh God, please, please stop. <laughs> How will they get the clicks, Robin? How will they get the clicks? <laughs> bothers me more now, you know, as I've gotten older, it bothers me more. It never used to bother me as much, but I don't know, something has happened to me where I'm like, I'm really tired. That sort of discourse. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's the same. Just, There's nothing new about it. It's the same, like from the Nintendo Sega stuff. Nothing has changed. It's the exact same arguments. It's it's mundane. It's boring. <laughs> yeah, but when the talk is about just the games and the quality of games, that's when I really enjoy E3 speculation when a new big IP or big game or anticipated sequel is revealed, and then like everyone is like, "Man, what does this all mean? What does this trailer mean?" That, that, man, I, exactly. I do miss that. I like that E3, and I think the Game Awards have sort of, over the years, become this a proper celebration of the industry and games. You know, like, I like that now at E3, it's not about um, Jessica Alba walking on stage and being like, and now Mario. No, it's like, people care, like, you know, it could oh, be God, like, I if, forgot about but how crazy things used to be. <laughs> if Ikumi Nakamura walks on stage without saying anything, people will lose their shit. You know, like, I like that devs, some devs have become that level of rock star, you know, like, or if you see, like, if you just see, like, a logo or something, you know, if you see Samus's mask, just, like, a silhouette of it or something. Everyone Yeah, I, I like that it celebrates that. You know, I don't think there's any other space where games are celebrated by everyone a way. like that. Uh, so that's kind of why I like E3. And we kind of just take over the internet for like three days. You know, it's what everyone's talking nice. about. Even even if you're like a, a, a normal media outlet, you have to, if you want clicks, you have to talk about games because that's what everyone's talking about. So we take games over are the big. yeah games we, are big now. We take over the internet for like at least three days, and I love that. And you and I always love seeing like random stuff trend and people are like what the hell is that? Or sometimes some people discover new games because of how much chatter there is and, and stuff like that. Or um, older franchises or new franchises suddenly getting big because of an E3 reveal. I, I like, like, you know, what's the next Watch Dogs, you know? Because Watch Dogs was a new IP that everyone lost their mind over because of the way it looked. 
the final product wasn't as good as what we expected, but it still launched the franchise, right? So what exactly. is the next Watch Dogs? Uh, you know, so that's kind of why I like E3. And there's a lot of, I thought there'd be very few partners. I'm looking at the website now. Nintendo. It's, it's a big list. Are on board. Nintendo, what? Nintendo, Xbox, who I always thought were going to be on board. Ubisoft, Take-Two are on board. So maybe GTA 6. <laughs> I would have bet on it, but anyway, yeah. You know what? I would bet on it. Robin, I would. <laughs> I actually would. Come on. If there was any come time on, for, their, for, for Rockstar to come back to E3, it's this year. The time is right. GTA 5 has been out for 20 years. GTA 6 reveal is now. Anyway, yeah. Now. Capcom, uh, Warner Brothers the, games. Most of the big dogs are there. Bandai Namco. Yes, and Coke Media. So that's it's like, and there's a bunch of good list. Even, yeah, and apparently there's a, uh, I heard there's there's a Chinese um, industry analyst who I follow. She also mentioned that a, that the Chinese want to make a big push at this E3 as well. Um, but a lot of Chinese, the Chinese game industry has really been trying to like breakthrough worldwide in a big triple a kind of way so Genshin. I, I always forget that that's a chinese game <laughs> there you go so we might see one or two big chinese games as well so that's always interesting to me it's always interesting for sure can't yeah. wait cannot i, I like you know, as, I've, as i've said i've, I've always i have my i don't I don't need E3 anymore. I feel like when companies have more focused stuff, we generally get better quality events. You think so? Which which single company thing has been as good as an E3? I feel like Sony's uh, showcases last year are better than any E3 they've had, apart from maybe 2016. Okay, 2016 was like the best thing ever, but... Man, the early E3 days were really like jank, but that's what made them awesome. <laughs> yeah, but like I've said, I think Sony's showcases, both of them, ones in June and in September, were better than any of the things prior to that, any of the E3s, in my opinion. And you know, that's it's a controversial take because you know, people like the crowd and E3 and all that stuff, but yeah. The, you know, I, I really liked those events last year. I felt the quality of the games was really high and the shows were focused. So, you know. The Nintendo Directs have Without. been good, but my favorite Nintendo thing was during that Reggie Iwata period. They really like knocked it out of the park every time. They like had little yeah, skits. I, I completely understand. You have, you have got uh, some nostalgia for the for the generation which i hate so it's like you know we're always going to kind of clash on that front why do you people hate the wii man the wii was a good console <laughs> no it's not just the wii it's the 360 and the ps3 as well that generation for me is is you know i i i i have you know there's good stuff but everybody you know i have nothing i have a lot of bad memories of that time <laughs> The gray and brown generation. I think, you know, there's a discussion we need to have, which goes back into what I've been playing recently. 
relating to that generation, and that is uh, near replicant. Ah, yes. have you played that? I finished. I finished it yesterday. You finished it, okay. The fantastic game, fantastic game. Uh, also, is it on I PS5? Like, I, I, it's on PS5. Is it on PS4? It's it's PS4, Xbox One, PC. Okay, there's no PS5 version yet. Oh, has that even? Are they making that? Yeah. You can play it on current gen console. Yeah, okay. no. Ah, they won't. They don't need to. But uh, as I've said, there's something to talk about. Uh huh. Was that game and gray? Is... It was not gray. Was it? Was it gray and brown? It no, was gray. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Hear me out. Hear me out. So. When the original Nia was concepted, it was yeah, a brother who's trying to cure your sister, right? Uh-huh. But you are like a pretty boy, and then after the time skip, uh, you become even more of a pretty boy. But yeah, you become an adult. Mm-hmm. That was always the original Nia. Mm-hmm. But because oh, we want to appeal to the West, they made a second Nia, Papa Nia. You know, they made, they changed the dynamic. They said that okay, now you are. Instead of a brother, you are you are a father. This was in 2010, before the dad game boom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So you became a gruff old man instead of a pretty boy bishojo guy. Uh-huh. So and then they released the games as two different versions. But in the West, we never got the brother version. We only was got this, the was the story version. the same? Did they just make one character? It's, it's basically so the. Yeah, the, you know, you change some dialogues and stuff, but the dynamic is literally just off. Instead, he's the father. The okay. main plot and everything is exactly the same. So you know, that that in itself is very revealing about how things were at the time. Yeah, but of course, you know, on top of that, Nia was it, it bombed critically and commercially. Yeah, uh, we. We know that uh, a lot of people gave it 50s on Metacritic. Uh, oh, you've reminded me. Nobody really appreciated I, the story. That was way in the Japanese games are bad period. Exactly. Yeah, th- this is where I'm going with that. This is where I'm going. You, you know where I'm going. With. <laughs> so you know, it reviewed badly. Uh, nobody liked it, it except you know it got a cult following with time. With time, people came to appreciate Nia, both Papa and Brother Nia. After Automata's success, we've now got the Replicant Remaster. And oh, would you look at that? It's got 83 on Metacritic. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, you were inspired uh, from uh, Super Mario and Metroid and Rockman. Uh, I am proud of, so proud of it and as a Japanese. And my question is, and what, uh, could you tell me uh, what kind of about recently Japanese, uh, what do you think about recently Japanese game? Is it what is about Japanese games that inspired us? Recent. Recent. Oh, recent. Uh, recent I'm sorry. They suck. I'm sorry, like you guys need to get with the times and uh, make better interfaces and like update your technology. Uh, We're totally kicking your ass. Back then, you guys were the king of the world, but 
<laughs> time has passed. I'm so sorry. <laughs> joyless so, husk. Yeah, let's just leave it a joyless husk. Japanese games are a joyless husk. <laughs> Fascinating. What happened? What has happened? What has happened? What, what I has happened in the industry? I think that. So I, I, I recall. <laughs> so uh, I, re I recall that whole. Japanese games are bad era of games and I think that this is going to sound bad it wasn't unwarranted I think that with the... but, but 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 the treatment by I, I know Japanese publishers were, were messing up big time they were so they were trying to make that whole thing of trying to the whole idea of making a papa game a graph order guide to a future west there was that space um, exploration game that was it Capcom made or Namco yeah, Lost yeah. Planet yeah Capcom you know Lost Planet, yeah. trying to make these third person shooter because the West like these games no you know the whole Resident Evil Six more action no like DMC, just Devil May Cry make what you are good at we like you for your thing don't don't try and appeal just make your thing and the audience will be there the problem was that the sales were going down cost of games were going up they looked at what was selling they were not really making that kind of stuff it was a weird dynamic and then that whole thing of japanese games are bad exists so you come into near look, looking down on it like is this going to be another one of those where they're trying to appeal and then near was weird it was <laughs> it was pretty jank yeah, it was weird yeah it was pretty yeah, jank I know, you know? I know uh one of the games that survived that was demon's souls i think but even it did not yeah demon's souls survived even it did not get demon's souls was a critical yeah, yeah. but it did not have it, it it also had its detractors like myself i played it and i'm like this game is jank and it it feels yeah, unfinished you know but it still had its cult following and stuff. I think what has happened is there's a bunch of new people who are in the industry. Um, you know, because I've been following these guys for a long time. A lot of the other games journals are either working PR now or no longer working or or are like way up in editorial, like way up. They're not reviewing games anymore. They're like bosses. So there's a bunch of new people. But if you look at the old guard and you look at what they thought about Replicant, right? Like if you look at uh, the Guardians review or whatever, or AV Club, it's the same rhetoric that the first year had. So I think, yeah. I think it it might be a generational thing. I don't know. I think the old guard just didn't like those games for some reason. And you know, they, that's what I want to talk about. Like. It's really interesting how things have have changed. Like, man, back then, it, it wasn't just near. By the way, Final Fantasy XII, everyone hated that. Oh, that what's his name was feminine looking. Van. Yeah, I have problems with Van. MGS my problem had that Van, problem. MGS two, that problem was there. You remember? Yeah. 
we all remember MGS2. So it's like it's really really funny. All that stuff used to happen. But then now now we embrace that stuff. Brother Near. Everyone loves Brother Near. Yeah. I think you know what? I think it's thankful I I I'd like to think weird to say anime and TikTok culture, you know, fanboys people are accepting of pretty looking i mean who's the biggest like male star right now it's timothy chalamet that's a he's a fem like that's a bishop like, right like it, <laughs> tom holland is a pretty looking boy you know what i mean like pretty looking exactly. boys are accept the other stars like it's not just your bruce willis and some them pretty looking boys are accepted as leading men and they can carry your franchise so I think that has helped. Western culture is super weird about its um beauty standards or whatever, especially for men. So <laughs> I think that's that's played a huge part. Also, western games just were averse to weirdness for some reason. Like they they didn't allow weird stuff to happen in their games. But now I I think things like indie games and stuff cuz they're pretty weird they're now like oh okay this is just a, ah, a party of it. indie games Phil Fish <laughs> Yeah he that's, that's, oh I watched that uh, interview oh it was bad then I was still very mad about what he said mm-hmm. then All Japanese games are bad someone there's a big dev who was part of that when he said that and I was so like dude how can you say that anyway that guy is an asshole it's a good thing that he was called out he was probably not called out then because he was a big star at the time but like i guess history has uh <laughs> has proven yeah. like justice has come come about because my goodness man my yeah goodness. It's, it's, it's it's really interesting for me you know I, a lot of the resentment i have for that era comes from you know gamers and journalists everyone just hating stuff which i liked for example devil may cry 4 uh, no journalist was willing to analyze it at a level to look at the gameplay complexity for them the only thing that they were concerned with was that hey look this game has got backtracking in it japanese devs um, don't have the budget to put full length long campaigns in their games so they fill them with backtracking it's like man but there's so much complexity in this combat why don't you guys want to look at that and it's not just that game final fantasy 13 yeah had a fantastic combat system with an amazing post game but you know no one was willing to look at anything else i think ff13 is and, a very good example of i mean i like 13 i'm not going to go to war over anything like if you come and tell me that it's a bad game that's fine yeah, yeah, but sure. like the vitriol sure. that that game got was emblematic of the attitude towards japanese games because it was the big that's japanese right. game right it was this was the one this was the one that was supposed to change hearts and minds and it did not do that at all it was still turn based somewhat it, it, it was very japanese it had you know um snow was very anime <laughs> and they were just not used to that you know they were just not used to seeing 
that kind of stuff i guess there were there were so so it's like it, for me as i said lot of my resentment of that era is seeing journalists and uh, most of the forum goers they just hated the type of stuff which i like because i then i'd play this stuff and like hey man this is this is pretty good but then everyone else hates it so it's like you feel this disconnect from the rest of of the people in, who enjoy your hobby it's, so it's like it, it's just like bad, bad vibes from yeah. the time why did nintendo get away with it though during that time oh i guess they didn't get away with the whole we remember everyone stuff. used to just say man nintendo's games are good but they're all platformers they're, <laughs> they're all kiddie games you remember all that i think the only beef i had in that moment was with that whole aspect was um Skyward Sword came out and they were like oh it's motion control it sucks and like have you actually played the game hey. have you played Look, the Skyward game Skyward Sword got fantastic reviews though at least the industry didn't hate Skyward Sword not exactly not exactly but like over time people were like oh the motion controls and the intro is too long i'm like okay but Assassin's Creed 3's intro is i think 6 hours <laughs> you know like yeah. anyway I, it was a, it was a weird time so I, you know i think seeing me a replicant get getting the good reviews it it just it it makes me think a lot <laughs> it makes me think of how times are, like yeah near replicant has definitely got like better combat they fix a lot of the junk from near near replicant plays really nicely compared to the original near but like people in their views they're mostly talking about how much they like the story when nobody talked about that back then nobody yeah. talked about how fantastic near's characters were at the time but now they, they now they are talking about it do you think also maybe that um games media discourse has changed do you think that there's a lot more focus on uh, there's no way for me to put this without it's it's more pretentious therefore people are willing to like overlook certain things and just kind of like, what about the story and the characters and the depth and the meaning and the themes whereas that time i don't think that was the main stuff people looked at no 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 i i i don't agree with that you know my my opinion has always been that look at the good parts of you know games can be appreciated for multiple things i've always been of that opinion if a game has got a bad story and good gameplay if a game has got a good story and bad gameplay in my opinion it is fine mm-hmm. it, it it's completely fine i've always i've always been like that that's always been my point of view and i feel like back then uh a lot of games journalism was basically like they couldn't appreciate they never they were never able to look at the good aspects of certain games like like the reason there was always a big disconnect between reviewers and uh, the, the reason why a lot of consumers would like certain games the reviewers would completely miss them because they are trying to uh, basically review it as like you know to to a different standard and i feel that is still the same now it still feels like oh reviewers don't you still have a lot of those disconnects in my opinion like uh, give me an example have an, so so that i can have an idea ghost of Sh- shishima uh, 
I think that game reviewed it extremely like, well, wasn't it? It reviewed okay. It reviewed you know eighty eighty uh, three, which okay. is yeah you know in in my opinion eighty three is a good score. Yeah, it's but, a good score. Yeah, but I don't like, this like gamers fucking love Tsushima. Holy shit! Exactly. Aha! Uh-huh. This is why I'm going. Gamers really love Ghost of Tsushima a lot, but Ghost of Tsushima reviewers were not you know head over heels for it. Which is, which is like, oh, a lot of the things they mentioned are valid criticisms, but it's like most gamers were like, no, I like the story and I like the combat. I don't care if they're Ubisoft towers. You know what I mean? But okay, okay, ah, like, oh. I get it. So like, as a reviewer, like, here's the 700th game I've played this year that has Ubisoft towers. How original! And then the gamers are like, this is fine. I don't. They give did it, it really well. Yeah. <laughs> You see where I'm going. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that hasn't changed. That aspect of, uh, you know, journalism hasn't changed. But I do feel like to Japanese games, there is generally just a bit of a, a difference. You know, pe- people are more accepting of how, of how the Japanese games are. That's why you find stuff like the phenomenon with Nia Replicant getting good reviews now compared to its reviews back then yeah and i i really like that we've come a long way from that time very long bad vibes bad bad vibes for me that time do you think we're gonna get that with the chinese games like when these chinese triple a games come out like there's the absolutely you think so absolutely do you think that this uh journey to the uh west game is gonna people are gonna be like this is weird and foreign I'm already seeing that. You saw there was that trailer for uh, Lost Soul Aside. It was reviewed in like 2016. It's basically like a guy who was a fan of Final Fantasy XV's trailers said, I'm going to make a game which is like that plus Devil May Cry. That's why, you know, his main character is like a rip-off Noctis and uh, he's got like teleporting powers and stuff. Uh-huh. So, it, you know, it was a man, one-man dev team. Now oh, that game, I've seen it. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Now he's gone up to a team of 30. So it got its re-reveal uh, last week. And for the most part, a lot of, a lot of, you know, what people are saying, a lot of people are seeing something that, hey, this is really interesting from a 30-man studio, which used to be a one-man studio, that, hey, there's, there's potential here. This could be good. Some people are seeing that. But then there's a lot of people are saying, ah, it looks like Chinese junk. <laughs> I don't see this going very far. Oh, man. And, and you know, the, the, a lot of the criticism of Genshin Impact has been similar, if you've noticed. You know what? I, I, you, I, now that you say that, I remember when Genshin was just coming out, people were like, oh, this Chinese anime game. First of all, it's Chinese. Secondly, it's an anime game. And then, and then they had to talk about it because it was the biggest game of the month. Like literally, everyone was playing Genshin Impact. If you were not covering Genshin Impact, you're not getting that ad revenue. And they were forced to cover it. And then on top of that, now they had to like figure out how to talk about that game and also uh, gacha stuff on top of that. So it was very interesting. But like over time, I've noticed that the conversation deriding it because of its anime-ness or Chinese-ness has reduced a little bit. 
because it's now just accepted as one of the big games in the industry. Yeah, but like don't, don't you think Fortnite also had some of that stuff as well, like in the beginning? Well, most people don't think of Fortnite as a Chinese game. No, I mean as in no, I mean like as in like people looking down on it, like oh, it's battery or whatever. Uh, not really. Not really. For, Fortnite was a, you know, they had the. It's made by Epic, as a, you know. Oh, okay. So obviously, as a bit of some leeway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, let's wait for the next big AAA Chinese release. You know, I think they're going to take time. These games to come out. It's going to take time. The response to fuck, I can't remember. What was that game called? The Lost Myth Wukong game. Wukong game, yeah, the Wukong game. It looked very positive to me, and it got a lot of yeah, views. But, but but we've got a lot of people who are already saying this is vaporware. It's never going to come out. It's being made by one dev. Fair enough. I kind you know, I understand such a, such reprehension. I completely understand if you are skeptical. But you know, we've seen Lost Soul aside. It's been some years, but he's grown his team, and there's something solid there. Mm. So you know, maybe give Black Myth Wukong guy some. Uh, some room to breathe. Wait, is not that team? You said what? Wait, that's also like a small team. Is not like a big. Show? <laughs> the no, black... no, it's also an indie studio. Mm-hmm. What really? I thought yeah. it was like a big hundred man studio. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> is that yeah. game going to come out? <laughs> Damn! It looks extremely ambitious. Exactly, but like I've said. Uh, you know, give 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 it time, give it time, and I think people will be. Basically, what I'm saying is, if a Western dev was the one who revealed Black Myth Wukong, then if he was an indie dev, do you think people would have been as apprehensive? Probably not. Now, yeah. Probably not. Yeah. So I think you know, it, it will take time, and I think there is going to be a bit of backlash to when Chinese games start getting big. A lot of maybe, and it, it's it's not going to be pretty, and I'm not looking forward to it. But I think it will happen. Backlash but for what? Like, hope, uh, like... no, for just being Chinese. <laughs> That's so dumb, man. <laughs> it is, but hey, lots of people have said lots of bad things about Japanese games for no reason. That's true. That's true. So. We'll see how this goes. I remember a lot of the discourse back then. For me, it feels very recent. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm I mean, looking forward to more stuff coming from China. So am I. So am I. So am I. Although I'm, I'm trying to think, like I don't think I have seen that many big marquee AAA games coming out of Japan uh, in the past five, six years. Really? Like which? Oh, I guess okay. I guess those the Rezies, Devil May Cry. Final okay, no. Okay, FFs. Okay, okay, no. There, there were a lot. There were a lot. No, there, there were. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Was, okay. No, I mean the quality was like top notch, super top notch. Last gen wasn't last gen like the, the the generation when Capcom just had like banger after banger. <laughs> Uh, the, the 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 back half of the PS4 gen is like this is Capcom 
probably at their best since I don't know how many years. Since ever, man. Yeah, like really since good. like NES era or something. Where I like if you look at their catalog as a publisher, what they just published, like they're probably like the best critically. No, one of the best. Yeah, like one of the jeez. best. Even like output, it, it was not a small amount. It's not like they released three games. Like, As I said, the moment Resident Evil Seven came out, Capcom were basically pumping out high quality, high selling games for the rest of the generation. They released Monster Hunter, yeah, Monster Hunter, Man, Street Fighter. Uh, Marvel was a mess, but then you know, Devil May Cry came back was good. Resident Evil has been consistent. Resident Evil is back. You know, Resident Evil, remember, yeah. was in a bad place. It's really but now right. it's like it's getting yearly releases and all that stuff. So Capcom really turned it around. I love the way Square Enix. Now I'm always going to be a Square Enix show. You know me. Square <laughs> Enix is actually the company I show the most. And you know, I've I've never been more optimistic about where Square Enix is as a company than now. They should give me my Deus Ex sequel. Damn it. Also, I'm talking about Japan Square Enix. Are they the ones about, who have? You know, you guys. Are they the ones who have Legacy of Kane? It's them, right? Re- release the shackles of Kane, man! Come on. <laughs> hey, look, uh, Japan Square Enix and Western Square Enix might as well be completely separate companies. Separate so, companies, yeah. So you know. Uh, no, those guys don't concern me. I, I don't care about what, <laughs> wow. what Western Square Enix is doing. I, Wait, I don't care is about it, Tomb Raider. Is it Raider. Western like, Square like, Enix? Like, making... look, I like Tomb Raider, but like, if there's not another Tomb Raider, I will not like. I will lose sleep. <laughs> Isn't Western Square Enix? I think the ones making for Spoken. No, it's made by Japanese Square Enix. It's made by the former FF15 team. Isn't that team making? 16? No, 16 is being made by a branch of the FF14 team. Oh, the 15 team is making for Spoken. Okay. So they just got Gary Witter to write. Because I know he's the one writing yeah, the story. They, yeah, they just got him to write. But uh, for Spoken is absolutely by the FF15 team. You can tell because those guys, in terms of graphics, they're out of this world. Yeah. And for Spoken looks fantastic graphically so, yeah you know i'm looking forward to it do you think that game is gonna be big i don't i didn't see hyper like i i didn't uh, see the, a the swell rumor, of hype you know what i the mean the rumor right now you know the, the it was it got hyped amongst square enix's dedicated fan base yes of course but uh, here's the rumor the rumor is that forspoken you know forspoken was confused by a lot of leakers to be final fantasy 16. That's why, you know, a lot of people said, oh, FF16 is going to be reviewed at that June PS5 show. It was actually for Spoken. Because, uh, you know, I guess maybe to avoid leaks, they were maybe uh, re- referred to interchangeably. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the rumor is that for Spoken is Square Enix's president, uh, Matsuda. That's his pet project. Like, you know, you know, obviously he's not a dev at this point, but that's like the one which is like, he sees it as the next big thing. I mean, it looks like the next big thing. It looks like they're trying weird new stuff. It looks like an action game. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yeah. I, I don't know if it's an RPG. It looks like a Devil May Cry kind of uh, game. But, you know, uh, for Spoken, it's one of those games where it's, it's definitely going to be like... They're going to put a lot of budget 
they have got Sony to market it for them as well. So you know, I'm, I'm expecting good things. So am personally. I. So am I. I'm always interested when Square. Like, here's the thing: I, Square are not risk averse. I like that yeah. about them. Even when they're like, "Wow, you guys! If you guys make one more mistake, <laughs> you're done." They always go for it, which is I, I admire that. I think that's very very cool. I hope. Uh, yeah, that and they also I, green like nonsense, like Balan Wonder. <laughs> I had hope for that game. I felt really bad when like the reviews came out. I was like, "Is it really that bad? Is it really, really that bad?" But I guess everything I've seen of it looks like it is that bad. It is. It's a shame. It is man. But yeah, Square Enix, love them. They are they are they're my guys. I hate them and I love them. <laughs> but uh, you know, I'll always show them. I'm always looking forward to what they're going to do. I feel like they were unfairly affected during that period of of Japanese games suck, yeah. game, games journalism phase. Right now, it, times have changed, thankfully. Did uh, see? Here's a weird thing. Just to come back to that, Persona Four came out. Well, Persona Atlas have that. always been exceptions. People love Atlas. People no, but here's the thing. That. I what I recall was Persona did not get like that high level of coverage for that. Oh, it got well, coverage, yeah, okay. but not coverage. like five. But the thing five is, they were always massive coverage. People loved Atlas, yes. Yeah, but... because so because because of yeah, a lot of the oh PS4 big JRPG push, but uh, yeah, reviewers always loved that. Yeah. There was always this idea that oh, uh, Persona is this very underappreciated franchise, and I don't think for any. I think in general, Atlas was exempt from uh, from that period because hell, people liked Catherine. Yeah, that was weird because Catherine reviewed way better than I expected, and that's a really weird ass game. So... Exactly. So I, I I feel like you know Atlas were kind have kind of always been like one of the more immune companies. Atlas and Nintendo, you know, yeah, Nintendo Twilly, relative to the, the World Ends with You came out as well during that period, and that was well received. The World Ends with You, Square Enix, my boy. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but yeah, I think generally speaking, Atlas was immune. Stuff like Radiant Historia. People love those games. Shin Megami Tensei's never review badly. No, they don't. What about the Tales of games? Have you played them? I I have experience with Tales. I've played maybe uh, two of them, and they were absolutely also victims. They were because I know, still think they kind of are. Tales, the thing is, look, Tales Tales is always going to be controversial, apart because Tales stories can be really like they can be the schlock of anime. <laughs> can be like the absolute bottom of the barrel anime stuff but they almost always have fan they always almost play very very well and this goes back into that thing I was saying nobody was willing to like look at the good part nobody was willing to see that hey this has got fantastic gameplay they're just like ah uh, it's graphics are bad your tales were also low budget games yeah they were yeah so isn't the newer one like they? I think they changed the engine to be or something. Bu- yeah, it's big budget and it's probably going to like launch on Game Pass. 
So, they, you know, I, I'm, 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 I think I've it might get the Genshin up. push. Like people look at it and be like, "Wow, big budget anime game," which is not <laughs> an <laughs> always online thing. I honestly believe it might get that Genshin push. Yeah, like I've said, I, I think if it launches on Game Pass, that is really going to help it. Mm. Especially, you know, because what's this uh, Bandai Namco and Xbox are like super buddy buddy. So there's there's a chance it launches on Game Pass, in my opinion. And I think when, if it does that, that's going to you know that's going to be a really big boost. Yeah, I just I want to close the episode off on that uh, rumor about <laughs> Ed Boon. Or oh, not rumor. I guess he admitted to it. He was approached by uh, Marvel. Games. Marvel to. But that was like years back. That was years back, which means that if there was something that was gonna happen, which might be revealed at this year's E3, what if NetherRealm were making a Marvel game? Ever had one conversation with Marvel about making a fighting game? Yes. What? When? Uh, I did. Um, but I probably shouldn't talk about it. Are you excited about that idea? <laughs> oh God, yes. We would love to make uh, like a Marvel fighting game or Marvel versus DC, I think would be the coolest. I feel like it's a race between you and TT Games for getting that Marvel versus DC. I'm yeah. rooting for you yeah, guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I know now a lot look. of people don't like Netherrealm. I don't mind them. I think that if there was any, looking at Netherrealm's uh, narrative chops, which I guess, you know, the Mortal Kombat movie came out, it was fine. Um, <laughs> fine. <laughs> looking at their narrative chops, if there's any fighting game studio that can do something with like the MCU level, like narrative and bring it into a game and do it proper justice, pun intended, it would be Netherrealm. <laughs> but you know, I think there's, it is important to understand the backlash to the possibility of a NetherRealm fighting game, uh, a NetherRealm Marvel fighting game. And that is the nature of Marvel versus Capcom fan base is very different from your typical FGC fan base. Marvel's fan base is very grassroots. It's very, very much about having fun. It's very much about like stupid, crazy, infinite. It's, you know, the reason people play Marvel is completely different from the reason people play even Dragon Ball, in my opinion. Marvel is just, it's got such a unique place in the FGC that sacrificing it for a game that is probably going to be good, as well as probably going to have you know, good uh, budget and production values and all that stuff. Sacrificing Marvel versus Capcom for that, I don't think it's worth it because of because of the type of legacy which Marvel versus Capcom has. It's just, it's different. It was built different. The new Netherrealm games, I wish I knew the engines because I, I know what they feel like gameplay-wise. Nine... It's unreal. They use unreal. Uh, well, the... I mean, gameplay-wise, there's a certain MK feel. Nine, ten, and eleven have a, have one style of gameplay feel. 
that new style was very yeah, yeah, yeah. esports centric whereas if you look at mk1 to 4 it's kind of unbalanced it was focused more on fun and with like one or two cheat codes you could do infinite combos and stuff like that so netherrealm are not it's not like they are inexperienced in making fun games fun fighting games no the thing is no look 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 marvel uh, netherrealm marvel will be fun there are people who like netherrealm's marvel and netherrealm's gameplay i i don't think it's bad i you know i think the animation is bad i think it's they have absolutely horrendous animation and you can't disagree with that either <laughs> but uh, but i think you know we we put up with it because the games are still pretty fun but it's not about as like i said it's not about the game just being good it's about marvel being different marvel had a different type of fun it, you know a di- different type of community different type of standard for its gameplay which is which i don't think any other studio can replicate that mm. yeah, and i think for it, me the only it, sad thing is if netherrealm did make the marvel game it would not be marvel versus capcom that sucks yeah, to me because i i think that there's a legacy in that you know the capcom i yeah, i like you know exactly what i mean there yeah, <laughs> yeah 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 so <laughs> that sucks that that won't be the case but i i intrigued i i wonder if there's anything there i i hope so because i i don't want marvel fight a marvel fighting game to exist i very much miss marvel vs capcom 3 very very much <laughs> so if if that's what's happening i hope marvel vs capcom 4 is being made you know i really really do yeah i hope so too you know I feel like Capcom now are in such a good place that 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 I wouldn't have to worry about the product you know like a lot of the bad things about Marvel versus Capcom Infinite were due to Capcom going through that phase yeah and, and also I, I feel like Disney meddling the whole they were trying to make it so yeah. entwined with the the MCU specifically was whereas Marvel vs. Capcom is an homage to the Marvel characters as Marvel characters. You know what I mean? Like they're not yeah, trying not... to appease a cartoon rendition of Iron Man. No, it is about the comic book. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Exactly. I know. I know. And that's what makes it good because they are distilling it to the pure essence of that character's mythos and putting it in the game. for that not that it's for comic book fans no you could even take some stuff from it's taking from the movies from the movies, the movies but it's distilling yeah, it's no all problem. into one thing it's not like just like oh this is should just literally like the costume from the winter soldier should no like it's let it have all the costumes from all the things you know what i mean like let 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 there be references to everything yes not just references to the mcu exactly I hope that they allow them to do that because that's what's going to make a really 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 good game. I, you know, I think there's a general consensus that right now Marvel games is in a much better place than they were at that time because 
you know, they, they are said to be giving full creative freedom to their teams, as we've seen with uh, Spider-Man. Spider-Man, yeah. they're not shoehorning any MCU stuff into no, Spider-Man. They just said, they just told Insomniac, do what you want. They aren't. So, so basically, you know, I, I, I'm hopeful on that front that um, that if they were to give it to Capcom or, you know, even NetherRealm, if it is what it is, that, uh, that you know, that they'll, they'll, they'll give them the freedom they need to make a quality game. They will. Just as a fun anecdote, you know that the, that game came about as a deal to put um, Spider-Man in the MCU, right? Remember when the uh, Sony oh, emails what? leaked? Yeah. I know, I know, I know. I'm one of those weirdos who actually read those emails. And one of the deals was for an exclusive Sony Spider-Man game. And I remember reading that and thinking, wow, this is such a bad deal just to get one character in your freaking franchise movies if <laughs> only <Hey>, <laughs> they knew if only they knew 20 million copies later if only they knew man they, they, they banked so much one of the deals was that I think the first two Spider-Man movies are fully funded by Marvel but the money all goes to Sony madness madness just so that Spider-Man can appear next to Tony Stark in the MCU wild madness you know. anyway the avengers made one two whatever billion so i, I don't know why that's probably why i'm not a billionaire but <laughs> so <laughs> hey, they, these guys know what they're doing man they do know what they're doing on that note i guess uh we can close off the episode this is a pretty long one because we had a lot to cover and uh yeah yeah it's, it's, you know, not not one topic just it's just ranting but you know, it's nice to see what's going on. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And there's games coming out. I am looking forward. To... So in the beginning, I was hyped, right? And I was like, oh yeah, I'm hyped because I like this game. You know, it's so near and dear to me. And then I calm down. And then as it's coming, as the days are inching forward, I'm like, oh shit, I am extremely hyped to play Mass Effect again. I am right. extremely hyped to see people talking about Mass Effect. I've seen a lot of articles and people on Reset Era going, hey, I missed Mass Effect. And me and my mind is going, how did you not play Mass Effect, man? But then I look at the sales numbers and it actually didn't sell that much. I think Mass Effect 3 is the highest at like 4 million units, which is... Neo Automata has sold more than that. So more people played Neo Automata than Mass Effect 3. That's crazy to me. Don't say that, man. You're going to make me feel weird. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully yeah, a bunch yeah, of new people that, play that Mass Effect yeah. Yeah, lots of new releases as we are talking I'm actually playing Returnal right now ah yeah like, how's that how's that right now quick, as we're quick, recording, quick, I'm getting, quick dump quick dump how's Returnal I'm getting beaten badly this game <laughs> I'd like to come it try it's hard as hell I'd like to try but it. It's fun. Like, you know. Hopefully, maybe my mind will be changed because to me, it still looks average as hell. <laughs> no, it, it's really fun. Like, I think when a lot of people are saying, I want my next gen moment, believe it or not, Returnal will be that moment, but not because of what you're seeing on screen, but because of what's going on in your hand. It like, uses the controller 
to the absolute maximum. Oh, okay. It's like, man, I've never it's like, wow, this is what the next gen controller feels like. It's but, really immersive. But also because there's like lots of particle effects and stuff. Yeah, there's lots of, I, there's I lots think of particle effects. That I, and then it's keeping like what's keeping 60, right? Like it's keeping a smooth yeah, it's keeping that's very keeping a good frame rate. Uh lots of particle effects. The art direction is fantastic by the way. You you like aliens so Yeah no I mean it looks it looks for me like I could looking around like this is chaos but it's keeping a good frame rate that's that's next gen man like that's really hard to do Yeah and I think yeah, that's why it's I, on like PS5 I, I don't think that game can run on PS4 with all those particles that seems crazy But you know as I said the, the next gen factor is what's going on in your hand the controller It's just going crazy. The speaker is doing things. Uh, the triggers affect your gameplay. You know, half press on the trigger is aim down sight. Full press on the trigger is uh, is alternative fire. It's it's just it's it's really so. Insane. How do you the fire then? Because I'm making sound. What's the fire no, button? No, uh, R2 is the fire button. But then it's like L2. Half oh press on L2. oh okay 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 okay. Yeah. L4 press is uh, old fire. Is old fire. Okay. It's like it's really cool. Everything is doing with the controller, and I think that's the part which is really going to wow people. It's like wow, it's a next generation controller experience. Very cool. I should uh, try that as well. <laughs> it's like okay, that's cool. That's one year release. They've got Mass Effect and got Resident Evil 8 in about a week. Uh huh. So it's like okay, stuff is coming up now. The year is picking up after a really slow start. Yeah, games are coming out, man. Games are coming out and games are being announced. So, lots to look forward to. Kena is coming out. I'm looking forward to that. So, yeah. Clear your backlog now because games are about to come out. <laughs> All right, man. It was fun recording. We're looking forward to the next one. Uh, hopefully you can beat Returnal by the time we're doing our next one. Hopefully. All right, man. Later.